From our nation's capital, this is Naps Chat. I'm gonna stand right down and write myself a letter And make believe it came from you Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of Naps Chat. I'm Bob Levy, the Director of Legislative and Political Affairs for the National Association of Postal Supervisors. Today, I am joined by National Association of Postal Supervisors Executive Vice President Ivan Butts. Ivan last joined us at the end of May. Not much has happened since then, yet a lot has happened also. Let's dive into the postal pond, Ivan, and get down to business. What do you say? Sure, Bob. You know, last our last guest on NAPS Chat was Pennsylvania Attorney General Josh Shapiro. Now, you hail from the state of Pennsylvania, right, Ivan? Yes, that is correct. Well, your Attorney General recounted his press conference in Erie, Pennsylvania, where he decried the Postal Service's on-time performance. He admitted that the Postal Service improved from rock-bottom numbers from this past December. You know, any improvement had to be positive. This past week, he met with postal stakeholders in Pennsylvania's Lehigh Valley, where he once again was critical of the Postal Service's plans to jettison its current performance standards. Ivan, do you think the Attorney General's visibility on performance standards makes a difference? For example, will it influence the implementation of the new standards, which could take effect as early as September 1st, on the, on the, in the case of first-class mail, and October 1st for first-class parcels? Well, Bob, it, it surely makes a difference. I mean, you know, we, for a number of years, we have been uh, sounding the alarm and raising the banner uh, of issues that we feel are going to impact America because of postal changes in organizational uh impacts. Uh, so yeah, we've been we've been we've been voicing these things for a while. So it's really refreshing to see someone come like the Attorney General, um uh Mr. Shapiro, to echo what the things that we we've been saying. And I'm very appreciative uh of how he's been getting that message out uh about the impacts to the postal service. Obviously we had tremendous hits to our service uh, through these uh, uh, machines being taken out of service and and seeing the, the the volume impacts over the holiday, so yeah, we had a lot of issues with with performance. And now I just seen a report last week saying that our service is back to pre the joy levels. I believe that's what the headline read on the article, um, which really is, is is not saying that you know our service is, is back to any kind of acceptable level if you're a longtime postal leader or a postal manager or even just a longtime postal employee you know something service was something that we really prided ourselves in and and being at 90 98% uh you know delivery on first class mail was something that we we really held to a, a high esteem and that we're still struggling in the 80s uh, with service in, in that area is, is, is still troubling for me. But again, it's refreshing to see that the Attorney General is, is willing to take action, not just really speak on it, but take action um, to ensure the Postal Service uh, maintains its committed commitment to not only the federal law, but the USO. One of the things that you've been pushing for as long as I can remember 
is getting our folks involved on the state level, encouraging state officials. I know with regard to the uh, to the election when we were doing vote by mail, we were really pressing uh, state secretaries of states to become engaged with the Postal Service. So this is sort of an extension of that initiative that we're having at least 20 attorney generals, actually 21, including Josh Shapiro, engaged in pressing for postal accountability. Yeah, yeah. We, you know, that was something, you know, we, we discussed up here, the legislative team. Uh, we discussed and, and, and made a con- concerted effort that we were going to reach out to the state level, you know, understanding that they, they, they guided their elections. And it really kind of was the, the genesis of it was that we wanted them to try to capture some of that $144 million that was set aside in the first COVID relief bill um, to help uh, states explore uh, vote, voting by mail. So that that's where the, that that initiative initiative generated, and it really has kind of snowballed. We had a lot of help. Again, a quick shout out to New Mexico and the team there, the late uh, Frank Galanos, uh, who was a tremendous support. Joel Wadsworth, and and helping us really kind of formulate what our strategy is with, for vote by mail at the state level. Uh, you know, and 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 it helped. It really did. It helped. I think it helped tremendously. We had states get on board with vote by mail. And, and, and more importantly, you as working supervisors made sure we delivered vote by mail. 65.2 million pieces of ballot mail delivered for our elections, and our elections were the safest as they have ever been. It's interesting. Of the 21 attorney generals that uh, have raised issue with the Postal Regulatory Commission about the performance standards, I think— most, if not all of them, are from states with high degrees of voter participation in absentee voting, that is vote by mail. So they believe there is a risk. Uh, I believe there's a risk if you uh, degrade postal service and its effect on voter participation. Oh, absolutely it is. I mean, all the all the stats show that uh, the, the, the states that are all vote by mail, their voter participation is markedly higher than, than states that don't do vote by mail. So, again, if we want to really get America engaged in the voting process and, and to take part of it, vote by mail is, is really uh, the safest and most efficient way of doing it. And postal service, one of the things that Josh spoke about, particularly in his uh, media events in both in Erie, Pennsylvania, and Lehigh Valley, as well as on the podcast, our most recent podcast, was that he stated that he viewed the postal service as an ascent, as a, just as essential as our roads, bridges, and telephone lines. Clearly, within the uh, run of the 2020 election and previous elections that have benefited from vote by mail, uh, it has it is a key component of our national infrastructure. But what's your perspective of, perspective of the postal service as part of that key essential? national infrastructure. Well, you know what, Bob, uh, when I heard the podcast and heard uh, Josh make that statement, it really, it can, it really resonated with me, you know, cause I felt him, I felt it as him saying that, you know, w- the postal service it, it is infrastructure. And that's how I viewed it as the postal service. It, the America is built off of the infrastructure, infrastructure, of a postal service. The infrastructure of America is the postal service. The America relied on the postal service 
to to develop and post roads uh, in order to bind America together. That's infrastructure. We built our infrastructure around the Postal Service and what the Postal Service was tasked to do. And it's still the same today. It's still that critical piece. The Postal Service is a critical piece, in my opinion, of the infrastructure of America and, and, and really deserves to be viewed as such by our legislators. Historically, as we, we saw the rise of America's uh, stagecoaches, you found like roads like the, the Boston Post Road between Boston and that would go down to the south. Uh, and as you saw the growth of the railways, you saw post offices and distribution operations right near major railway stations. And then as interstate highways, you saw postal facilities on interstates. And as air transport became a major vehicle for transporting the mail, although I think our postmaster general wants to get away from that, you saw the air mail facilities grow. So it worked in tandem. Infrastructure of the United States worked in tandem with the infrastructure of the Postal Service. Absolutely it did, Bob. Uh, um, actually, I was at, had to go on a, a business trip, and I left out of Philadelphia. And actually, I, I unfortunately saw the remains in the ruins of the Philadelphia AMC, where I one time was the manager of that facility, uh, tore down, and which was a really uh, bustling facility that processed mail for not only our air, air carriers, but for surface ca- carriers also uh, as a really major hub in a major metro area. So, uh, yeah, that, that's definitely a resource that we had that we, that we no longer had that was really important to the infrastructure of the Postal Service, I feel, was important to the infrastructure of the Postal Service, but added to the Postal Service facilitating its role to the infrastructure of America. It's funny, it's funny as, we, you know, as, we, as we sort of evolve, our infrastructure evolves, and potentially we colonize planets, we could have facilities, space facilities for uh, mail processing and mail distribution at some point in our distant future. <laughs> I guess we could. Uh, viewing the events over the weekend, I guess it's maybe not too far away. <laughs> yeah, that's true, because then I think uh, – we have, I think Bezos's uh, ship is going out this week. Yeah, yeah. So uh, who knows? Who knows? You know, the uh, we talk about the Attorney General of Pennsylvania, and uh, he said so much during our last podcast. One of the things he talked about was how our national institution, that is the Postal Service, is under attack. And I want to go a little bit deeper into that uh, perspective. Where do you think these attacks are coming from, and where do you think the origins are of these attacks? Well, Bob, I mean, I think they're coming from a variety of places. Uh, but, you know, basically, in my opinion, I think there, there are, there's this block of people who have been pressing for the privatization of the Postal Service, uh, really ever since our, our, our inception in, in 1970. You know, and, and, and I tell people when I go around, we got to look at, look at our industry, look at what this infrastructure of the Postal Service is. It's an 80, now $86 billion a year uh, company. So, you know, there are people who want a piece of that. They, they would want some of that $86 billion that we make yearly. 
And, and those people, in order to see their way to a share of that, has to have have to see the diminishment of the postal service. So that's what their initiative is, and that's what's driving them uh, to really uh, uh, end the mission of binding America's mail together for the sake of of being able to uh, make money uh, off of off of you know short term regional areas. And, and, and again, our biggest concern with that is that, well, what are you going to do to the rural and suburban areas of the country that, you know, aren't major metros? How are they going to maintain, how are we going to be binded with them as a country? And, and really, I think the answer to that is that we're not, right? But that's what they would seek to do. They would seek to diminish and demise the Postal Service so they can, they can en- enrich the gains of major metropolitan areas and while the rest of America can suffer. And I think that's really been going on since the 70s. So you got to, you have various mailers, uh, companies, various uh, engineering companies who, who, who used to partner with us in developing mail processing and equipment and now are in the business of trying to uh, uh, bring about the demise of the Postal Service so they can enrich themselves from processing um, mail. You know, as the Postal Service starts to, as distancing itself from its public service obligation and pivoting more to competitive products by virtue, and you see that by virtue of its slowing down first-class mail, first-class parcels, and emphasizing the delivery and transport of competitive products, priority mail products, you're making the competitive aspect of the corporate entity of the Postal Service more attractive to outsiders to buy into it. I mean, to take a piece of it, because then you're going to, because you're sort of uh, bifurcating the whole postal operation. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I think, you know, uh, uh, some, of, some, some of those issues like that uh, definitely can occur. And, and again, it just furthers, harms America's Postal Service. The last item I want to talk with you about, about um, with regard to last week, last podcast for with uh, the Attorney General, was they indicated that he intends with his 20 Attorney General colleagues who signed on to the Postal Regulatory Commission statement with regard to performance standards, that he intends to go to court to protect users of the mail from the performance changes. That is, uh, the reduction in 40 percent, the 40 percent of the first-class mail would be delayed as a result of the standard change. And 30% of first-class parcels would be delayed, according to the Postal Service. What are your views about such a legal battle if the attorney general goes to court to challenge the changes? Well, I think, you know, uh, again, he's the attorney general and the 20 attorney generals working with him are really uh, seeking to ensure the post office lives up to its obligations of, of, of the law as far as uh, delivering mail. And I, I, you know, I don't know. I, it's hard to find a fault in, in wanting to ensure that Postal Services uh, ad- adheres to its mandate, which is, you know, uh, and, and I'll, I'll read just from the Postal Policy found in uh, Title 39-101. Uh, the Postal Service shall have as its basic function the obligation to provide Postal Service to bind the nation together through the personal, educational, literary, and business correspondence of the people. I mean, you know, I, I think that that's kind of uh, the basic foundation of what we need to do and we need to do um, effective and reliably. 
And, and, and these changes that we've seen over the past year or years bring in the question whether we have that commitment from the leadership to fulfill our obligations under the federal law. And I believe the Attorney General is going to bring that point uh, to task if, if, if this loss, if lawsuit goes forward. As I understand, the law also goes on to, to ensure that the, the, the conveyance of mail is prompt and it's reliable, and any undermining of promptness and reliability would also be and, a violation of the and law. And also efficient services to, to patrons in all areas. And again, that's all areas. That's just not, you just can't, you know, sell off major metro areas and say, okay, they're going to get this Class A service. And, and then, you know, up in the Catskills, uh, you, you have to suffer. For those who are not in New York, the Catskills are around 40 miles north of New York City. It's a small mountain range that apparently once, maybe a couple of million years ago, challenged the height of the Himalayas, but now is just the foothills in, in upstate New York. Uh, you know, Ivan, this week on Tuesday, uh, the Senate Appropriations Subcommittee, which has jurisdiction over the Postal Service, which is chaired by Senator Chris Van Hollen of Maryland, conducted a hearing at which the Postal Service's Inspector General Tammy Whitcomb testified. In her testimony, she observed that the Postal Service's proposed changes are complex and difficult, and there is a risk that implementation may result in regional or widespread service issues. That's a quote from her. Mm -hmm. So the Inspector General requested the committee to appropriate an additional $17 million in fiscal year 2023 to enable her office to increase its capability so it can better monitor the rollout of the Postmaster General's proposal. If you were Inspector General of the United States Postal Service, Ivan, what would you want to keep an eye on as the as this implementation plan rolls out? I think um, if I was a, a chief, in, uh, chief Inspector Whitcomb, uh, I would look at the, the the critical infrastructure of the postal service, and 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 look at uh, one our delivery and our delivery standards. Are we maintaining them? Are we able to maintain them uh, with the structural changes that we've seen? Now, right now, where we we've seen uh, last year, we've seen the or over the years, we've seen the the changes to the infrastructure of the Postal Service as far as operational infra uh, infrastructure with the processing equipment being taken out and, and the impacts that service change and changing the 24-hour clock in 20, 2015, which we saw the mail of uh, uh, service standards really fall off the cliff. Now, the, now we're in this process of where we're uh, making changes to the, the support structure of our infrastructure with changing the reclassifying headquarter uh, uh, area and district positions to headquarters and moving people uh, uh, hundreds of thousands of miles away during this rift. Uh, so, you know, in the impacts that's going to have on the on the overall operations of the post office, the impact that these uh, support infrastructure changes are going to have to further impact the operational infrastructure of the Postal Service. So it, it, it's something that really need, you, you need to be able to dig into. So I understand her asking for more funds to be able to do that because this requires a lot of forensic uh, 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 
weren't looking at the the service and the and the performance of the post office. And but I I do applaud her for at least uh, being honest to that point of about the risk. Because again, it's one thing that we always talked about when we see organizational changes and we start talking about is try to help identify these are the potential things that could happen that could impact the service to America. And unfortunately, we've been right on most occasions when we when we alert, have alerted legislators in America to the risks. Unfortunately, those, those, the, those risks became actualities that, that impacted service to America. Let's talk about another member of Congress who was at that hearing who posed a question that you might want to applaud, and that's Senator John Boozman from the state of Arkansas, because he asked the inspect, Inspector General General Tammy Whitcomb, how the organizational changes would impact postal employees that might be for, particularly his constituents from Arkansas who work for the Postal Service within supervisory ranks, who might be compelled to move as a result of the reorganization. And he asked her about the impact on these employees as well as the impact on the reorganization on Postal Service. And, she said, as I recall, that's not something they had been looking at right now, but it's something that they intend to look at as we as they roll out implementation. Yeah, um, I, I, I do. <laughs> I, I thank Senator Boozman for those comments and, and asking that question of the chief inspector. And I, I agree with him 100 percent that we're seeing that in this rift, the concerns about, you know, the merging and, and forcing employees to relocate or find employment elsewhere. We've been hearing from RIF-impacted employees almost on a daily basis uh, during this RIF with con- questions and concerns about decisions that we have to make. We, we've hearing from, you know, uh, constituents of Mr. Boozman and other senators uh, being told that their job is moving a 1,000 miles away and they're being riff assigned to those positions, uh, which we are working with the Postal Service um, almost on a daily basis, trying to uh, bring around some kind of understanding of, of, the, of this, uh, I guess, the algorithm that they're using um, that's making all this havoc. One of the things I've been saying for the last couple of weeks is that you know, the spirit of the riff law always talked about uh, minimizing the impact to employees and the RIF, that's that's what the goal should be to minimize the risk, the the excuse me, the disruption to the lives of the employees, and that's one thing that I'm struggling with seeing in this RIF that we're not taking the steps to minimize the disruption in their lives. So, and it's it's just interesting that uh, the Chief Inspector Whitcomb would would say that that's something you know they haven't really looked at, but. Uh, I'm certainly looking forward to talking with uh, the OIG and our liaison about uh, that very issue, about, you know, looking at the rollout of this RIF uh, comparative to uh, a RIF rolled out under the the guidance of OPM and the federal law uh, on RIF. Mm -hmm. Another question that was posed by one of the senators who sat in that hearing was it was posed by Senator Coons of Delaware. And in response to a question by Senator Coons, the inspector general declared that the, her office would be evaluating service issues during the implementation of the service, of the performance changes and of the 10-year plan. 
Uh, she said that the inspector general would look at things like, does the Postal Service have triggers or tripwires if things go wrong? Um, so the agency could roll back certain aspects of the plan if it's determined that certain aspects of the plan are really having a devastating impact upon service. What do you think would trigger such a rollback? Or what are those tripwires that you would be looking for to demonstrate that the implementation of the changes are not working? I think the, the, what you would be looking for is you would be looking for the impacts of, of, the, of the organizational change and how they're impacting. You have to monitor that. Unfortunately, you know, the, the tracking of data has, has been, become more difficult with the agency, I think, in the past uh, year for sure and maybe even the past couple years. So uh, that tracking is not going to be something that's easily done. Um, But, you know, I I think that currently, you know, looking at the history of organizational change, I I think those those negative impacts really, really, really don't stop the agency from moving forward. They continue to move forward. Uh, Really, it has has to be really real and, and, and strong oversight that really would get the agency to really stop and take pause and, 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 and go back. And that's what we really need to see uh, um, in order to roll back uh, any kind of changes that would, would be viewed as or would be uh, 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 found to be disastrous to the, to the agency. It would really take real strong oversight uh, by, by our legislative leaders to really stop that. So we would be looking for the oversight and – Oversight Reform Committee and the Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Committee in the Senate to take a more aggressive posture on overseeing the operations of the Postal Service because this plan that the Postmaster General is initiating will have such a significant impact on postal operations and service to their constituents. Yeah, I believe we would need them to, and I believe they would have to in order in order to make that happen. I want to conclude with this question, if I can, you know, and this deals with legislation that's pending. Uh, As you know, H.R. 3076, uh, the bipartisan postal relief legislation, is still pending before the Ways and Means Committee and the House Energy and Commerce Committee. Uh, The Committee on Oversight and Reform approved the bill in mid-May. There are presently 54 co-sponsors, 32 Democrats and 22 Republicans. This past week, the Congressional Budget Office uh, released its cost estimate on the bill, and that was much anticipated. Interestingly, the Congressional Budget Office disproved an assertion made by some that voluntary Medicare enrollment for current retirees would increase long-term FEHBP costs. They disproved that allegation. In fact, the Congressional Budget Office concluded that over the course of 10 years, FEHB costs would decline for the non-postal population by about $112 million. Mm-hmm. More to our interest, you know, we're concerned about the Postal Service, postal health expendants, expenditures would decline by $5.6 billion over the same 10-year period. How do you think this cost analysis will impact the fortunes of a bipartisan bill? Well, I would think that it would it would positively uh, impact the bar, bipartisan bill if the CBO is coming back and and, and saying that the, the, there's at, there's true 
cost savings, not only for the, the Postal Service to realize, but also for those left in FEHB uh, if the postal employees move to their this postal uh, partition network for uh, federal employee retiree benefits, uh, that, that both sides of that ledger uh, are positively infected, impacted financially. That I think that that provides the necessary assurances that leaders, legislative leaders, need to pass this legislation and and have it uh, come turn into law. Yeah, the only issue, outstanding issue, seems to be the impact on the Medicare program because you're going to have a large number of folks who currently are not participating in Medicare Part B participating in Medicare Part B, but these people, be by virtue of their employment, already entitled to participate. So they've paid for it already. Uh, the Postal Service has paid for it already. So I would suspect even though it might be an additional cost to Medicare, these are folks that could have, that could join Medicare anyway. Uh, yeah, that's correct. And that was something that's been one of the talking points over the years is that, you know, the, 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 where these are benefits the employees are paying for, but un, unrealized. Mm-hmm. So, just because to the extent we are entitled, we, we can realize it. We shouldn't be penalized for realizing what we already have earned. Right, Ivan. I want to thank you for joining us today on Naps Chat. Thanks for having me, Bob. Yeah, we covered a lot of ground in uh, our thirty minutes th- today. Yes, we did. I want to thank you, our Naps Chat listeners, for spending some time with us also. If you enjoy Naps Chat, please leave us a positive review in the Apple Podcast Store. And more importantly, share Naps Chat with your friends and colleagues. In the meantime, stay safe and healthy. I'm going to sit right down and write myself a letter and make believe it came from you. I'm going